creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, November 9th, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. It's officially the holiday season here in our Orlando studio. Uh, joining me on the ones and twos, our illustrious editor, ed- engineer, producer, I don't know what your title is, my brother, Chandler Strang. <laughs> I, I do things, I don't know. He shows up some sometimes. On the Skype <laughs> yeah. line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Uh, all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, everyone. And down the road in Nashville, author, speaker, podcaster, cowgirl extraordinaire, <laughs> Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. Hey, Annie, there, I mean, if I, I am nothing if not a creature of habit. I said Loverland once 12 years ago, and it just comes out every week. I, I think Cowgirl Extraordinaire is here to stay. I'm sorry. I hope so. You went to San Antonio one time. You're right. I know. <laughs> that quali- I mean, technically, that qualifies as an extraordinaire. I mean, <laughs> really, if you step within the borders of Texas, yeah. you can be cowboy cowgirl. Okay. That's, that's just great. how it works. It's a great state down great. there. Yeah, I'm thr- I really like it, Cameron. You've come to the right place with a nickname because I'm for it. <laughs> you, you know what I find weird about Texas? You know, like we talked oh, about boy. state slogans the other day, you know? And, and Texas is like Texas's slogan, right? Is is don't mess with Texas, right? Right. Who was Why even suggesting weird? anyone mess with Texas? Like that just seems like weirdly That's combative. So Texas, though, to like preemptively tell everybody, I'm don't just letting come you over know. Here. Don't other states don't mess with us. When is the last yeah. time in this country states mess with each other? It just doesn't happen. There's no need to preface. Maybe don't mess that with was us. from the Civil War times. Maybe no, that's how civil. long ago that slogan no, 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 was no, no. born. Not civil. I think Alamo era. Don't you? Yeah. But but even then. I think when they've kind of outgrown it, it's like, it's like, oh, I'm entering the state. Welcome to Texas. Don't mess with us. It didn't even occur to me as I'm driving through <laughs> that what I would do is mess with the but state. But now that you brought it up, I'm going to mess with you, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> is there a reason that you're saying that? Is there something that I'm going to what do as I enter in your Texas? borders? I'm going to want to mess with you. It's just an odd state slogan. I think it's time to revisit. And isn't it, isn't it don't most people kind of wish Texas would like maybe just chill out a little bit? Like, I don't yeah. want to mess with you. I just want right. you to relax. That's not <laughs> That's just sound advice. Maybe it's about cow tipping. Maybe, maybe Jesse, people from the highway, they're driving through, they they pull over and they do some cow tipping. And they're like, don't mess with us like that. They don't like it. Exactly. They they, they want to avoid the shenanigans right away with the state slogan. That shows they mean business. You know, don't mess with us here. But see, why not do that? That would be a 21st century slogan. Texas, we mean business. See, it has a double entendre. It's historic yeah, and it's innovation. You have like an oil man like sitting yeah. there with like a, we tech, mean business. With a tech guy or, or a tech woman. Yeah, yeah. Like you have a, the space. I mean, Houston, you got the space industry, you have innovation, and you also have the history of don't mess with us. We mean business. Yeah. Texas. What's the, what's the Florida state slogan? Uh, I think things are going to get weird. <laughs> things are going to get weird. I think that's right. Uh, Has anybody no, it's, um, seen Amber? Please sun, mess with us. The Sunshine State, I think, is just our... We, the Sunshine State. We, we're just, we're we sun- welcome with messing with us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Do you know what the Florida motto is? In God we trust is what the internet says. That's just copying from the national motto. That's zero right? creativity. Just telling you what they said. Hold on. In God we trust yeah. is on our license plate. it's plates. called the that's Sunshine right. State. It just yeah. seems like that's yeah. like somebody just... This is funny that you we know, never actually do, talked about this. Do you know? Do you know the Virginian flag? It, it's it's definitely the most. Gra- I, I can I can pretty confidently say that the flag of Virginia is the only flag in the country that has a dead body on it. It is. It what? is. Yes. What? If you look up the Virginian flag, it is like someone who has right just now. killed a tyrant. Like 
Uh, you know, so oh, yeah, there is a dead person on the ground. Yeah, he's got so it's it's six emperor tyrannus, oh thus always the tyrants. And it's a dead guy. You know, it's someone with his foot on a dead guy. I feel like as a Virginian, I'm not totally comfortable with this flag. Jesse, I have so many questions about your state flag. Yeah. If you, if this was a tyrant, then I think he got what was coming to him. Yeah, and but, there but were again, no, there was no Roman soldiers ever in Virginia. And like our flag is a picture of a post assassination. It's just, you know, maybe, you know, I would be more comfortable with a don't mess with. This is a threat. This is a direct threat. And he's holding a spear and a sword. Is that what this yeah, is? This is a direct threat. If you are a tyrant, if you are a person, that happens to wear a crown and you're just passing through thus always to you that, thus to always, this is what happens this is sending well, a message don't mess with virginia that's yeah, what that's what the slogan I should be. i'm be sorry that you have a problem with your state's zero tolerance policy against fascism jesse <laughs> it seems like a very well, here's the thing. it's the only flag with nudity and and violence like because the person with a uh it, it's like a, a woman that's not fully exposed that has murdered the tyrant it's a it's a very strange it's an r-rated Wait, flag that's a woman yes it is there? an r-rated yeah. flag you can you can kind of see that it's, it's a better flag, flag. Than, the, than the old one, Jesse, which was just a picture of meth. Virginia. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Meth. <laughs> Honestly, I'd be more comfortable because it looks like, you know, I could tell, oh, kids, that's just rock candy. We're a great state. We, we have <laughs> Wait, rock candy. Not, not nudity violence on the flag. a woman? Are you sure? I'm, I'm, I'm 99% it, it is, sure. It is, yeah. I, I feel confident. It's very, it's, I feel like there's probably a story here, but in general, I like. Of course, the, there's a story the, I like there. how progressive it is in terms of gen- a woman killing, you know, a, a violent woman, sort of an Amazonian warrior type. There's a crown on the ground. It, I'm assuming it's his. Like when he died, it just fell off and they're just not, not even worth picking up. Let, yeah. Leave it there. Yeah. So I, let it serve wow. as a warning to others who might come to the great state of Virginia and try to be tyrants here. Speaking of warnings in the great state of Virginia. Um, something transpired in our great state uh, up at... Oh my uh, goodness. So this was what? Uh, this Friday's episode. So earlier in the week yeah. at our site, we posted this. This is crazy. So this is early, okay. in, early in the week. Yeah. So their Liberty University, America's largest Christian university, had a convocation. Um, you know, kind of... They don't, they don't call it like a chapel service. More like speeches where students can go to. And they had. So wait, a, when I hear convocation, I think about like a graduation ceremony. So this is just okay. this is just a there's a meeting. It's a it's a chapel service. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. not required. And th- okay. this one was, and I did look because I wanted to make sure we got all the the facts uh, um, uh, straight. This was they actually changed it from a convocation which are mandatory for students to a convocation selects, which they recommend you go to, but you don't have to go to. So ma- attendance was a mandatory, but there's a large contingent of Liberty students. There's for the students. And they invited Dinesh D'Souza, who is well, an extremely controversial. controversial author and filmmaker, um, you know, that a lot of people know him early on. He was the president of King's College, who was forced to step down after some personal transgressions. He made news because he pled guilty and apologized for essentially campaign finance fraud. Um, and President Trump ended up pardoning him because disease yeah. disease has now committed his career to making uh, films that malign um, the Democratic Party by oh, a kind of revisionist history. Like his latest film is called Death of a Nation. And the cover of the DVD is a face morph of Donald Trump and Abraham Lincoln. Like literally, it's their two <gasps> faces what? becoming one. So oh, bless wait, wait, and the title is Death of a Nation. Yeah. Does, he not, nation. does he not realize that the, the correlation of yeah, that imagery is probably different. opposite of what he's hoping it says? 
There's, there's a lot going on on the cover. I, I wish everybody could see this is kind of a visual slice, but yeah. one really great design trick about it is that they flipped the names over top of it. So it looks like Donald Trump is playing Abraham Lincoln and Lincoln oh, is playing Trump. Like, and I don't know if that was intentional or if it was a design flaw, but it's, it's, we haven't even scratched the surface of this cover. Yeah, we don't yeah, have enough time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so there's, a, there's a lot to dig into because it, he, he, you know, his a lot of his work, you know, seems like self-parody. And despite where, where your own political views are, he doesn't exactly represent the kind of nuance that I don't think anyone would really want him representing their political philosophy and ideas. Uh, to say he's partisan is an extreme exaggeration because he's he's more than partisan. <laughs> he's also been known to use extremely racist rhetoric. Um, uh, you know. Uh, against when President Obama was in office. I don't even need to get into his tweets. Just Google his name and racist. And there are... Definition has one star on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, they, they, there's plenty of, of evidence of his because their system doesn't allow zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Of a lot of his past uh, uh, racial racist remarks and things. So anyway, he is speaking at Liberty University. Um, and That's fascinating. And he was, again, kind of talking about how... It, there, there's not a lot of nuance to his, the narrative that he tries to say, but basically Democrats are always racist and Republicans are always right is, is part of his narrative. And racist. In doing so, Democrats was, are wow. racist, he says. Well, well, That's crazy. Do, exactly. I mean, he, he well, to, to back that up. Wait, historically, he's saying that or the modern America? Because it is true that Republicans in the 60s were the, were the party advocating for the civil rights movement. Democrats were fighting it. That is true. Things kind of flipped in the modern era, right? <laughs> But and he doesn't acknowledge that flip. That, he, that's where he oh, agree. That's where okay. he and he's trying to create the narrative. It's always been this way. And wow. part of to underscore that narrative, he was talking about how LBJ, after signing civil rights legislation, used would use the N word. But except he uh, and I should say he is Indian American. He's born in, in Bob just for further context. But he didn't say N word. He actually said the actual word. Um, Liberty on stage on stage. And, you know, I think, Tyler, you got a text from a Liberty student after that. Right. Like, I can't oh, believe this what? just happened at my school. I got well, I got a direct message. Why are you texting college <laughs> yeah. kids? That's a little weird. Your number. Yeah, that's <laughs> a little yeah. College students. Yeah. No, we don't need to get into what. That's, that's, <laughs> not, that's not the weird part of the story, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it was it was an African-American student at Liberty who could not believe he just heard someone use that word, you know, from the stage. Like the, the, the thing is, like, if he was if he was referencing a quote from someone and he would not actually he wouldn't say from the Liberty stage the F word. You know, but he's perfectly fine actually articulating. And know. he wasn't quoting. He was, he said, LBJ said. A, exactly. It wasn't like he, he didn't had this say exact the, quote. Uh, not yeah. even, it not even not a that, direct that. quote. It was, it was an allegation that people yeah. say Lyndon B. Johnson, who very well may have. I'm not defending Johnson's. Like, I, yeah. That would but, but, but he didn't say, and, you know, Lind, you know, Lyndon B. Johnson quote, you know, he, he just said he would say the word and he said the word. And, and oh my God. You know, and that's the same. I mean, you know, Papa John got just got fired from Papa John because he he on a conference call said, well, you know, Colonel Sanders used to say and he it's a word. I mean, the you know, the the hateful past of the word and the volatility of it you know i don't think we need to relitigate here i feel like that's pretty well known but anyway he took to twitter and he has like a million followers and he intentionally misrepresented what we wrote about him on twitter he said <gasps> that these scoundrels attacked me 
and wow. and and insinuating talking about relevant. Talk, he called yeah. us scoundrels. What a what an insult! Congratulations, that's kind of cool. And I feel like Bible. a scoundrel is something that like Jesse. We got a flight. We know what kind of language he uses. If he yeah. only called us scoundrels, we got right, a flight. Right, right, you're coming in just fine. Right. Hey, when being a scoundrel is outlawed, the outlaws must become scoundrels. I, I was going to say a scoundrel <laughs> is is I picture a villain. You in order to be called a scoundrel, you have to have a handlebar mustache. I we don't we're not scoundrels by definition. A scoundrel has a handlebar. Mustache. But I do wish I could grow a handlebar mustache, but we don't have time for that. Keep but, going. But but either way, you know, he <laughs> he he said that, you know, the, they're making me like like I said this word without context. The inf- the entire context of what he said, along a with a link to the video of him saying it is provided right. in the article. What? But a lot of people don't want to read past the headline, um, especially when the, the person is the subject of the story intentionally misrepresents what you say on Twitter. And so last count last night, I think it was over 700 uh, responses to the, the, the story. Of oh, it's just, over 800 right now. It, and it, I just and, and it, it is the most hatred, hateful, uh, vitriolic, you know, I mean, a lot of it's like, oh, CNN, fake news. The irony is I was looking at a real time analytics CNN, when fake this was news. Happening. When we posted a video of him actually yeah, doing what he hilarious. did and then we describe it in detail. You can watch it for yourself, yeah. but it's CNN fake news. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, so I was watching re- real time analytics as these tweets were like, blo- I was texting Cameron and, and Tyler last night. I know this. I, you know, uh, I, I had to email the staff analytics. and go, Hey, you are all going to come into work in the morning and have hate mail in your <laughs> inbox. Is that what and you said, Jesse? Yeah. Are you like, heads up? Yeah, basically, <laughs> essentially. But what was funny is the irony is, um, you know, I was like, well, I wonder if people are going to read the story to see that we actually did. Pre- there's nothing right. fake about it. These are a, a list of facts of what happened and yeah. it, w- with, you know, some context of, of who these people are and what Jesse, the event facts is. don't matter to these people, man. No <laughs> one was reading it. That, that, that it really? had like a dozen people actually reading it and hundreds of people responding oh, to a misrepresentation from this guy. And this isn't the first time this has happened in recent That's weeks. That's the era we live in right yeah. there. They yeah. don't care about what's true. They don't care about facts. They care about their worldview being attacked or not you know that's it and they don't they don't want to be informed they don't want to click and read it they just want to respond and react and that's twitter thanks a lot jack or whatever the founder's name is (laughs) (laughs) jack no listen you can't blame him twitter is neutral like twitter is a uh it was created as a neutral platform you can't blame him for how people have used it right i mean that's like blaming that's the car wreck thing right like it's not a car that's the problem. It's how people use it that's the problem. How do you could blame him sometimes for not abiding by his own yeah. terms and conditions and yeah. Yeah, kicking people true. off when they, when they get yeah. like violent with right. their... The, the, that's the, right. My favorite tweet last night, though, because I was reading a lot of them. I mean, they were coming in at this Why crazy Why would rape. you do this? You're a glutton for punishment. <laughs> You're uh, did they person. come to your phone? Surely you don't have <laughs> notifications on, do you, Jesse? Well, no. I, well, I have a whole system because I, I help manage a lot of social media accounts. So I have a whole system that I kind of monitor stuff. But anyway, um, one of them after, you know, several hundred had come in and basically the same thing. Fake news, CNN, Apollo, you know, the, all, everything CNN. you'd expect to hear. <laughs> it's just so funny that that's like a... Yes. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing fake about it. It's CNN. literally just happened. You can see right. the video. Right. Um, but uh, 
Oh, uh, the, the one one tweet was we are cr- ha 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 we are crushing you right now and i was like this literally doesn't do anything to us like yeah. they're just sending us messages on on twitter how does this affect us at all like this isn't crushing us if anything if anything you're Worst gonna help scenario, us it's yeah. Ad revenue yeah right, well no right. but they're not they're not going over to the site though so that's how they're crushing us yeah, we're, it's not a lot. we are it's engaging not, yeah. you in a way that you will not profit from monetarily yeah you know whatever <laughs> exactly. you know we can just hit me on your feedback who cares like people are dumb on it, well and here's the other thing too it, like it, it, the, it, the, the thing that this underscores because this happened to a piece that I wrote actually last week that kind of you know I never get into the comments but I actually dip my toe in um, but be, never, because never if people dip your toe never dip anything in the comments Jesse I know I, I've yeah, learned I, I, I try to stay away but like it's not if people's if people don't like if the facts that you, you are reporting don't support their narrative then they just call it fake like literally mm. they just you know they don't even dispute the facts they just say the entire thing is fake uh and, and like to me that that is super dangerous that's like it's like we've gotten to like reverse 1984 almost like you know in 1984 this totalitarian government would just rewrite the news and you know say oh we're no longer at war with these people they're always been our ally we're now at war with these people who were used to be our ally never say it was the other way like they would just rewrite the news to support you know the narrative but honestly it's gotten to the point where it's like the people rewriting the news to support their narrative it's like this weird yeah. reverse 1984 situation that's just it's just crazy what you know and and, and like i love yeah being in media like i feel like we all do this is our jobs this is what we've committed our professional lives to doing but this is man just a crazy time to do it you know right right man that is crazy how often now you know i i don't i don't know as much as y'all in this world how often do y'all get no, you don't have ma- to say major- in this world why'd you add that <laughs> sorry sorry not in the world in general i know far more than any of the three of you in the real world i mean Agreed. in this Agreed. particular relevant no world. i was saying um, the other you could have just said i don't you could have just said, I don't know as much as y'all, and then just moved on. That's all <laughs> oh, I'll say. Oh, just let me finish my question, Cameron. <laughs> How often do y'all get that severe of pushback? That is what I don't know. I, I, I think it's rare when there's like a solitary figure pushing misrepresentation of what we say and, and who has, you know, a million followers and trolls and things kind of at his disposal. But I mean, pushback is daily, which is fine. Like, I'm yeah. fine with pushback, you know, like welcome dialogue well like i think every i think any institution that has any power should you know anyone who follows us should be highly critical of it like keep them accountable including us right like i don't have a problem with pushback what i have my issue is when when people uh, you know dispute things that actually happen and there's evidence that they're happening just because they don't like that it happened you know right i think we've like you said, like it's a this is a great job, and and uh, with the we don't have a it's not like we're a powerful company or anything like that. But anybody that has a hey. platform needs to be open to hearing pushback and Cameron's and like, critiques. yes, we are. Yeah, <laughs> Andy doesn't know anything, and we're a powerful company. Just stick with I, those I'm statements. Saying, like, I'm not. We're not powerful in the same sense that the tyrants that would die in Virginia were powerful. But we have a like, but we do. We're an influence. I'm aware that we have influence and we have a platform yeah. that's sizable, which means we need to be accountable to the people yeah. who come to us and we need to be responsible to them. That's right. And so that's a, that's not a balance. We, we enjoy the two way street. I'm glad that there's a way for people to write comments and make their voice heard. And sometimes they've brought up like very fair critiques and we, we've had to make corrections and apologize for those. That does happen. 
Uh, but it's when these, it's when you get the sense that these are not being offered in good faith, which yeah. is the sense that I'm getting from Mr. Casalza here. When was the last time uh, when you apologized for something? I'm actually curious. But when have I apologized for something? No, when, when you said sometimes we hear something, we'll like it, we'll apologize. I remember it. an early. I wish I could remember the exact piece, camera, but I remember it was early on in my relevant career. I I'll tell you, last time I did, it was that it was our second issue. On the cover of the magazine, I typed... Oh, I remember. I know that. I wasn't here yet, but I know the story. I don't know the story. I, I typed Black Eyed Peed the night before we went to print instead of Black Eyed Peas. And, uh, oh, um, my gosh. Well, I, I didn't issue a correction. Suit us and nearly brought us down. <laughs> but, uh, it, was, yeah. it was the last time I've ever apologized. Life or in profession. It was Tough but fair, you know. I mean, we, we you don't you don't call them black eyed peed. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, exactly. You know, Will I am yeah. is not having it. The guy that just, that's the only time the, y'all have ever apologized for a no, piece. No, just I mean we've issued it. corrections here and there for for things that well, we had were a whole either. segment on the podcast for a few years, uh, corrections and apologies yeah. before feedback. Oh I yeah, mean, yeah, y'all did do that. I do remember that. But yeah. but there is a and, and we obviously we do fact checking. We do we do a lot. Of, you know we have a lot of steps to try to keep those at a, at a, a minimum, obviously. But like I said, my my issue isn't with people who are you know. Um, did dispute incorrect, you know, want corrections to things that aren't correct. It's people who, like I said, just completely ignore facts that are documented evidence because of the sake of political convenience. It doesn't matter what your party is. I mean, it goes both. I've seen it happen on the other side too, you know? All right. Hey, we have a great show for you today. Coming up later, uh, we talked to David Crowder. He has a new album out today. Look how timely we are. Uh, David Crowder's new album is coming out today. Uh, this is a long opening segment. Uh, let's take a break and uh, stay tuned. Coming up next, in case you missed it. You're listening to AJR. The song is Burn the House Down. I want to say that once when I was little. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Morgan uh, with an X instead of an A with Home featuring Walk the Moon. Well, today's show is brought to you by Away Luggage. After all that political talk, I don't know if they're happy about that, <laughs> that sponsorship. But, um, Away's approach to luggage is simple. They create special objects that are designed to be resilient, resourceful, and essential to the way you travel today. Away uses high-quality materials while offering a much lower price compared to other brands by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. They aren't just uh, carry-on luggage. They have four sizes, actually. The carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, or if you're Annie F. Downs, the large. You got that right. That is the one I carry. I use my Away luggage every single weekend. That's right. That large one. Yeah. You, you lifted it up, didn't you, Cameron? Did you move my luggage one time? And yeah. I lifted you up. Like, like in prayer, and then I lifted your luggage up into the Uber. That's that is right. true. Hey, away! Uh, all all away suitcases are made with premium German polycarbonate. It's unrivaled in strength and impact, and also so lightweight. It's awesome. They also have the removable washable laundry bag in there, which is great. Um, and they also, they're both sizes of the carry on are able to charge all your cell phones, tablets, e-readers, or anything else that's powered by a USB cord. And oh, the boy. best thing about away is they have a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they'll fix it or replace it for the life of the bag. Can I give one quick testimonial, Cameron? 
Please. about this product. I gave it, my wife travels quite a bit for, for her work and I gave her one of these, the carry-on. And yeah. she the is- The larger carry-on or the smaller one, Jesse? The, the, the regular size carry-on. Yeah. And, that's what I have. That's what I have too. And so I, you know, the, my concern is she packs a lot. Like yeah. she would tell you, she likes to, you know, she packing for her is like a, like she doesn't plan making plans that he's, she's got to pack. She packs a lot. So I was worried like, is this going to be big enough? The compression system in there yeah. where it squeezes the, pr- the stuff down to create like a layers. She got everything in there. No problem. And she is, she is now a brand advocate. She's all about away. Same, same. I tell everybody, and now at the airport, it's almost hard sometimes to know which one your bag is because there's starting to be more and more away luggage at the little oh, spinny yeah. things. Away is offering a 100-day trial. You can live with it, vibe with it, travel with it, Instagram it. And if at any point you decide it's not for you, just return it for a full refund, no questions asked. And there's free shipping on any way order in the lower 48 states. Right now, they're doing a special offer for relevant podcast listeners. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash relevant and use promo code relevant during checkout. Uh, remember, that's $20 off a suitcase. Go to awaytravel.com slash relevant. Use promo code relevant during checkout. Okay, well, it's time for our look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for... In case you missed it. Hey, in case you missed it, the singer for for a Christian band down here provides Freddie Mercury's vocals in the new movie Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, it's the number one movie in the country uh, this past week. It surpassed all expectations. And one of the movie's biggest stars doesn't actually appear on the screen. Even though star Rami Malek actually does sing in the movie, the filmmakers brought in a professional singer to overdub many of the songs. Uh, In addition to posting Queen covers on YouTube, Mark Martell is also the lead singer of the band Down Here. Uh, Though they've been on hiatus for several years, um, they won several GMA and Dove Awards between 2002 and 2012, which is Jesse's heyday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Glory days. Uh, Yeah, it's prime prime Jesse here. (laughs) Mark Mark told uh, BeliefNet, I think the last 10 years have been a preparation for me to be able to handle this. I don't think I could have handled it 10 years ago. God's moving in this very obviously. Uh, Here's a clip of Mark covering Bohemian Rhapsody. That was just like him. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Mama, wow. Begun, you gotta let it hit, Chandler. You gotta let it hit, too, good. Yeah, let it play, let it play, let it rise. Yeah. one good moment. Wow, it's so good. Dude, I can just listen to this cover for like five yeah. minutes of the He's podcast. Amazing. So Have you listened to so all of his stuff? Of all the, He's so good. Do you know all him? The, like, Does he say like that all the time though? Does uh, or is he just putting on like a? Uh, no, down here is like roar, 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 roar. Oh, I've never heard <laughs> yeah. He Never just, he is, he's amazing. And he's a really nice dude. We should be friends with him, but he's, he's I thought awesome. you, You're acting like you are friends with him. Do you want to, are you name dropping? I am. I am name dropping. <laughs> I'm proud to be friends with Mark Martell. I think he's awesome. Yeah. And, and how they did the vocals was cool. So they, like I said, Rami Malik, you know, they kept a little, but he's not a singer. And then they use, they like use Mark's and then actually little Freddie Mercury's and like put it in. But they were looking for someone who like, who can do these songs because they need them in a real particular way. And it's like, this guy, he he regularly posts these Queen covers. It's like he sounds just like Freddie Mercury. It's like when Journey found the guy to to replace Steve Perry because he was posting Journey covers on YouTube and sound just like Steve Perry. It's like that dude. 
It's incredible. Of all the, of all the like classic singers that you to find a replacement for, Freddie's got to be the hardest. Uh-huh. Like you need someone to do uh-huh. Mick Jagger for Rolling Stone. What a, you know, Diamond yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. you can walk out, throw a rock in the middle of Nashville, and you'll have somebody who can pull off Mick Jagger. Freddie Mercury was a once in a generation. Yeah. yeah, Tyler, you're forgetting Peter Furler and the Newsboys. I mean, that's yeah, I don't know this how you're going to announce that I'm working on the Newsboys should. biopic right now. I'm in the early stages of my Newsboys biopic. If you have a good Peter Furler cover, I, I want to hear it. Send it my way. Oh, man. Casting right now. And you know, I watched last night. Mike Myers, you know, is a part of this film as well. Yeah, for the movie Halloween, right? Got a busy. He had oh. a busy month. <laughs> yeah, he just he just started. And that the, and that the yeah, villain from guy. Halloween. Um, and I watched him his interview last night with Alec Baldwin on Alec Baldwin's new TV show. And in Mike they did Myers, Alec Baldwin punch him in the face. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's crazy. Not that they put on in a screen. Fit at of least. rage. Yeah, that's right. Not that they put on screen. But listening, Mike Myers is massively um, insecure. And he talks about it like he's not confident and he what he didn't even think he was funny for like the first years of being on SNL. And so and he talks a lot about this film, but it was just it was interesting to hear someone that we all think is like absolutely hilarious um, talking about how he just wasn't sure. He really wasn't sure that he was funny until he got a letter from um, George Harrison from the Beatles. What a what a flex! What a name drop! Yeah, yeah, you know, I, yeah. You know, I just battle with insecurity. So one of the Beatles told me, "You're a monster." Cool. This is the episode where Jesse's a monster. I thought that was really sweet. I think it's worth watching. No, no, I think it is cool. And uh, yeah, and Mike Myers has a special connection to that song forever because he demanded it be in Wayne's World. Even when the producers yeah. were like, "It's too much money. Like we can't." Because I feel like for a, for a generation. That, yeah. Their first introduction to Bohemian Rhapsody was that famous scene in Wayne's World where they're singing yep. in the Mirthmobile. But that was Mike Myers like demanded we get that song or nothing else will work. You know, that's what he said. He said, I'm forever tied to the song. Even in like Wikipedia, he's talked about like like that movie. Wayne's World yeah. is talked about in the Wikipedia of that song. In case you missed it, uh, the Navy SEAL that SNL mocked this week uh, says he isn't demanding an apology because he doesn't agree with outrage culture. Very level-headed SEAL there. Uh, This weekend, SNL found itself in a controversy when Pete Davidson made fun of Republican congressional candidate Dan Crenshaw. In the bit, uh, he made fun of uh, the appearance of several candidates around the country. The former Navy SEAL lost one of his eyes while serving in Afghanistan. Um, Davidson's bit has been the subject of widespread criticism. However, in a video he posted over the weekend, Crenshaw said he isn't one of the ones demanding an apology. Here's a clip of his statement. I want us to get away from this culture where we demand apologies every time someone misspeaks. I think that would be very healthy for our nation to, to go in that direction. Uh, we, you know, we don't need to be, we don't need to be outwardly outraged. I don't need to demand apologies from them. They can do whatever they want. Um, you know, it's uh, they're feeling the heat from around the country right now, and that's that's fine. But I would like him and Saturday Night Live to recognize something, which is that veterans across the country probably don't feel as though their wounds they received in battle should be the subject of a bad punchline for a bad joke. I feel like what's so refreshing, like it, that was a thoughtful response, not an outraged one. Like yeah, it's probably a bad idea because yeah. you, you know yeah. you, you, his Twitter followers called us scoundrels, though. The only t- appropriate time is to is to to call someone a scoundrel is when you walk in the, you know, three cars back in the locomotive going down the highway to see that yeah. your bag of gold has been stolen. And right. then you look at it and you look out the window and you see us riding away on a horseback and you go, you scoundrel. 
girls. <laughs> <laughs> the only time it's appropriate. <laughs> Man, did the y'all old, see Keenan Thompson talking about what Pete Davidson said? Yeah, yeah specifically no. Keenan uh, Thompson, is a, who's a fellow cast member. Uh, his dad is a military veteran. Yeah. He said he said that um, Pete's uh, bit definitely missed the mark, and he yeah. said he personally would never have necessarily gone there. You know, it, the whole yeah. construct of the bit though was to, to show thumbnails of people who are running for office and make fun of how they look, and it's like. That's it's, just not it's just the, college bro humor, man. I mean, it's yeah. just bull- I mean, that's what he, he does. Yeah, I'm just surprised he that Lauren Michaels keeps humor. letting Pete Davidson do that. Like, okay, we see the Pete Davidson stick. Okay, we're done. Like, like show us that he can create. And maybe he's writing all these sketches that we love. And I don't know it's him writing them, but I'm kind of I'm kind of done with when they roll him out. I'm like, come on. I think Pete's a funny guy. I, I like some of the sketches that he writes, but that bit it, it gets so. And then he tries to cover it because he'll make fun of his own appearance at the end. But let's not pretend that. Pete Davidson making fun of the fact that he's a little bit gangly and a little bit pale is the same as making fun of somebody who has a, a, a real war wound. Yeah. Right. Hey, in case you missed it this week, uh, Lauren Daigle responded to the people who criticized her for performing on Ellen. Last week on the show, we told you she performed on Ellen. Well, apparently a bunch of Christians got incredulous that she, you know, hung out with the fornicators and the, and the, and the sinners and the liberals, you know, so <laughs> the liberals Yikes. out in Hollyweird. <laughs> and trust me, listeners, you won't hear this one in the lame stream. Media. <laughs> oh uh, well, this week on a, while she was on a morning radio show, Lauren was asked what her response was to fans who had an issue with her performing her single still rolling stones on the talk show. Lauren said, I think the second we start drawing lines around which people are able to be approached and which aren't, we've already completely missed the heart of God. I don't have all the answers in life, but one thing I know is that I can't choose who I'm supposed to be kind to and who I'm not, because that's the mission, right? Be who Christ was to everyone as well. She also said that Ellen and her staff are incredibly gracious hosts. So there you go. Yeah, I, I think it, like Ellen seems like one of those fun shows. Like if you're a celebrity to be on, the only thing I, the only reason I wouldn't go on there is because when she hides someone like in the ottoman, I would be like Ellen straight up. Listen, I think the show's great, but if you scare me, I am boycotting this show and I'm taking you down because that is yeah. no one wants that. No one wants to be sitting there having it's hard enough. It's hard enough being interviewed, knowing that someone in a clown costume is going to spring out of the, of the, the, the bookshelf. You have your arm resting on what kind of maniac on her staff came up with that skit. It's probably Rob fee. He used to write. For is, that. There, is there any other Christian artist who has been on Ellen and on Jimmy Fallon? She was on Jimmy Fallon this week too. Like, is there anybody else in in that world that is getting that has been on both those shows i don't know about musicians it's possible off the top of my head i don't know but i think ellen shows a little bit different because she doesn't always do musical guests right like she right. always doesn't have performances like lecrae's been on fallon a couple times and i'm you know but like yeah, yeah. I, you're right ellen doesn't have a lot of artists perform that's true yeah 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 um, it's not like a midday Usually they're thing. just like a guest yeah and then they perform at the end yeah yeah well, i would know i have a job i don't watch ellen because it's on during the day. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really cool. I think Lauren is, it's just pretty awesome to watch Lauren get these opportunities. I don't yeah. know. I think it's cool. But that's been, for as long as I've been alive and as long as there's been sort of a Christian subculture, there's always been these, uh, these like watchdogs whenever one of them does a, I remember, I remember back when, when Kirk was just starting to blow up for the first time and he got into, he had, was working with like salt and pepper, I think. And, uh, there was something he might've been, I can't remember, but he was working, but I remember it being a big deal in like the world magazines of the world and calling him out for misrepresenting the gospel with other, with like hip hop stars. 
He had salt on uh, Stomp. Just salt? Yeah. Yeah, and the Peppa one on it, just salt. Oh my gosh. That was, that was a hard hit. one to get. <laughs> it was on his hit. I did song. love Stomp for a minute. That's a good memory. Bring that back. Yeah. Stomp was a good song. Uh, hey, in case you missed it, um, Stomp was a song in the mid 90s that Kirk Franklin did with <laughs> Here Salt. Is a- <laughs> <laughs> Here's a clip. <laughs> hey, uh, in case you missed it this week, Charlemagne the God and Bill Simmons uh, discussed culture's conflictive view of Jesus on the Bill Simmons podcast. Uh, the author and Breakfast Club host, Charlemagne the God, was a guest on the hit podcast. And at the end of the conversation, Bill asked him who his dream interview subjects would be, dead or alive. After going back and forth with Bill about the list, Charlemagne observed how interesting it is that people don't often put Jesus on these types of lists. He then tells Bill why he thinks Jesus is still misunderstood in culture, uh, how even his major holidays and uh, have reappropriated to fictional characters like Santa and Easter Bunny. Here's a clip. If Jesus came back right now, nobody would believe it. Everybody would start tweeting about it and they'd start clowning Jesus immediately. Like they would immediately like, yo, his shoes is trash. Look at his hair. You know what I'm saying? Like, who is this Christ dude talking about? He's coming back. We ain't going nowhere. Hashtag rapture. Like they would kill Jesus if he was to come back right now. That would be, that I feel like would trend on Twitter. Listen, I got a vision though. I always feel like the Wu-Tang Clan triumph instrumental is going to play. And then like, you'll see like a a sandal step out of the sky. And I would love to see how social media would react if Jesus, in fact, really did come back. They don't, but nobody respects Jesus, though. I, I would say. Nah, nah, they, listen, I'm a God fearing man. I would say a lot of people respect. Nobody. Him. He don't even. He headlines zero holidays. Go Charlemagne. Yeah, Charlemagne. Charlemagne, being an outspoken Christian now, should probably rethink his name. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the, the, or the at least lowercase the G. This, you know, throughout <laughs> the Bill Simmons interview, I mean, it's kind of his thing. Yeah, he's not afraid to use some language a lot of people wouldn't associated associate with uh, someone who's also an outspoken Christian. But hey, that's his you know that's his decision. He's just out there making everybody mad. Like no matter who you are, no matter what side of the, I mean, he's kind of he's kind of a like post partisan. Yeah, definitely icon. Because you can find a reason to be mad at him no matter who you are. Yeah, he he is a bit of a provocateur, (laughs) but he also doesn't mind. I mean, you could tell Bill Simmons was getting uncomfortable talking about Jesus. Like Bill Simmons kept trying to change the subject, but Charlemagne just kept going at it. He didn't care. You know, <laughs> like Bill Simmons, Bill Simmons, like, man, I, I try to avoid people getting me to talk about religion. That was like the cue to like Charlemagne. Can we change the subject? Charlemagne just kept talking. He did not care one bit. Not one bit. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned up next. David Crowder joins us. You're listening to Hen Ogled. The song is Tiny Witch Hunter. Well, this week's show is also brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. It's a healthcare sharing ministry with over a quarter of a million Christians caring for one another's needs from broken bones to cancer, pregnancies to organ transplants, all without the use of insurance. It's the time of year that making decisions about healthcare is likely on your mind. If what you're currently doing has gotten out of hand with crazy prices and difficult network restrictions, why not ditch it for actual health care with Samaritan Ministries, a growing community of Christians that send financial gifts and pray for one another throughout their medical needs. In this way, Samaritan members care for the whole person, physically, spiritually, and financially. 
Plus, there's no restrictions at Samaritan Ministries as to when you can join or even which doctors you can see after you join. If you'd like to learn more about how you can be part of this ministry, helping each other with health care, visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant. It's an awesome countercultural model. I love it. I do too. I like it. Well, the new album, I Know a Ghost by David Crowder features some of Crowder's most powerful worship-centric lyrics, but also shows off his continued musical evolution with big beats fueling his Southern-inspired sound. I love the name. I know a ghost. (laughs) That's great. We recently spoke with Crowder, uh, who gave us a behind-the-scenes look at the brand-new album, which releases today. Here is our conversation with David Crowder. Spoiler alert. The ghost is Bruce Willis. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so the whole album is a concept album about this one time he met oh, Bruce Willis no. at an after party. <laughs> and now he has him in his phone. I know a ghost. Yeah, that's true. There you go. Here's David Carter. With all of this difference and you've got all this scale and scope, why did you opt for this sort of uh, sprawl of musicianship and sound instead of taking a more uh, kind of like focused uh, sonic approach to the record? Well, I, I did this one totally different than I've ever done any of the uh, uh, records I've done. Uh, I, being in Atlanta five years, and, and I've, I've always thought of my albums in, in terms of three albums at a time because that's the contract I signed. So yeah. it's kind of practical. It's like, Hey, all right, I'm obligated for three records. And it gives me boundaries, I guess, or just like a framework uh, in terms of process. And I would be the guy that would like panic if the page is just like blank and there aren't yeah. any lines on it or something. I need I need some structure before I start writing into a thing. And and I've met, it's crazy. I, the first contract I signed was in the year, it was the year 2000. So I've been doing this 18 years now. I had more fun doing this thing than I've ever had. And I did it in a way I've never done it before. And it was all because of Atlanta, Georgia. (laughs) Being in the scene in Atlanta, Georgia, I've been on tour for the past couple of years. It's for sure been, pretty much every tour I've done, it's been with, um, there's been some 116 or Reach record artist out with me, or NF was on, it's always had some hip hop element to it. And, I've always loved making music on a computer with beats and so forth. And so the first record was really EDM based um, because I was way into the EDM scene. And I I wanted to stick, you know, how do I stick folk type instrumentation on top of uh, what I considered to be where pop music was moving, which was the EDM scene. And and after being in Atlanta five years, my ear has turned toward hip hop. And so all I did was like ask people I did not even know to to send me beats <laughs> and so I would get these Dropbox folders you know with like 12, 12 tracks on it and it would just be kind of like a verse chorus idea and you just you know kind of scroll through them until something hits and you're like oh I'm feeling this thing and it'd be like that moment where you see in in the documentaries of Netflix or whatever and, yeah. and, and, the, and all of a sudden the guy he, he starts nodding along and then he's in the vocal booth spitting and then the song's done. <laughs> and I'm like, man, yeah. no wonder. It just, they write themselves, man. And it reminded me of how I first got started um, writing was, it was all, it was very riff-based, like guitar riffs. I'd sit down with acoustic and all of a sudden, you know, you pick up a different acoustic and it it 
a riff comes out and then all of a sudden the riff feels like it writes a song. That's how I, I think my early songwriting was, I would classify it as very riff based. And um, as I, as I got to be around people who do uh, songwriting well and professionally, it, 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 I, I think I learned more about melody and like it's more chordal and melody based. And then this felt like we went right back to what it, what it felt like in the beginning when I was writing around riffs. It was like there's an attitude, there's a orchestral cinematic quality to a thing and it sort of tells you what the storyline is and you just write into it. And so I just, man, I just followed, I just followed the beats and, yeah. and, um, and I had some of my friends that I've been working with for the past two records uh, be a part of that process. And it was, man, we had just, it was just amazing. I, I, that's why there's like 16 tracks is because it kept going and going and going. And they just had to stop me. It's like, all right, for real, you got to turn in date, bro. Then I read the red letters and the crowd. When I think of uh, the title of the record, the image that keeps coming up throughout the record of, of the ghost, the Holy Ghost, uh, I'll be honest, my, my head goes to kind of old, like traditional Catholic churchy kind of images. And that's that was one of my favorite things about the record is that it used all of these new and modern feeling sounds and production techniques, but so much of the language was evocative yeah. of that tradition. Was that something that you were thinking about? Oh, for sure. Uh, the first record, the Neon Staple record, was very Southern gospel language, uh, which is very white. And and over the course of the, these three records, this one really gets closer to uh, like slave spirituals, the black church, the gospel roots, where I not only musically but in the in the choices of the vocabulary i'm trying to just blur lines i wound up moving from texas to atlanta and where i landed in atlanta was literally on on the railroad it's like right at the railroad tracks that divided scotch irish immigrant workers from the old fourth ward where Ebenezer Baptist Church is and martin luther king and you know freedom was birthed in the civil rights movement and you know his dad granddad pastors there and it's, it's there are literally train tracks where I was living in this old uh, cotton mill lofts I, I couldn't have been I could not have existed in a better metaphor for what I was trying to make um, yeah, uh, wow. the street that I was on Carroll Street is actually where country music was birthed they, all these Scotch Irish uh, folks that worked the mill the guy who owned the mill built these this neighborhood called Cabbage Town and they brought their music with them and so for real like the first country roots it goes right to this street Phil and John was like one of the main residents there and and uh, the first like country radio stars were from right where I was living and then right across the tracks literally across the tracks here is where as I said freedom was birthed in the civil rights movement and those songs that were I mean every bit of pop music that we're doing here in America has you can trace it right back to slave spirituals and, and black gospel experience and the church experience. And, and I love that the tributaries are, it's the same stream and they're so close together. And, and you can look at a track, you know, train tracks and see it as something that divides, or you can see it 
as something that, you know, went from one sea to another sea and brought a whole nation together. It's like, I, I think the things that are common among us are way bigger, bigger than the stuff that we think divides us. And, you know, somebody put those lines there. God didn't. <laughs> There's really just one definitive thing, and it's the one between death and life. And that's what we're singing about. So I, I love that I'm trying to blur the, mu- the the lines with the music as well as the language was, uh, especially on this record, very, very specific to um, where our, where the roots go as far as our our colloquial Americana experience of, of, of church and how music fits into into our, our gatherings. And so uh, I, the, the language is, is very intentional in terms of hoping to be inclusive rather than exclusive and inclusive in the sense that we all collectively have understanding of of that history the historical element of what the southern church is in our in our americana sense That was David Crowder. Make sure to check out his new album, I Know a Ghost. It's out today. Stay tuned up next. A very special feedback. Did you know there are pictures of you on my phone? It's true. Did you know there are reasons for these things I do? I do. You're listening to Rhett Miller. As long as I used to write in notebooks. It's time for your feedback. Okay, now, if you remember last week's show, uh, we had Jesse regale tales of uh, high school shenanigans that he uh, partook in with our guest that on that episode, Sean Foyt. Um, Jesse said on the show, you know what? We I'm not exaggerating any of these. We should have Sean on to back me up. And right. you know what? We're doing that right now because the feedback question last week was what kinds of shenanigans did you get into when you were younger? And we thought who better to come on and answer that feedback than Sean Foyt. Welcome to the show, Sean. <laughs> Thanks. This is crazy. Uh, Jesse, I don't know. I, I don't know if you heard the entire episode or if you just fast forwarded to your interview, but Jesse, <laughs> Je- you know, a lot of guests do that. Uh, yeah. But Jesse told us a lot of stories and he outed you about y'all's high school lawlessness. Sean, Sean, confirm for them how many rolls of toilet paper we put in the in the trees uh, of of a home of our of a victim who will remain nameless. Oh, bro. Hundreds. I I mean, I don't even know. Do you have an exact count? I do. I do. Because we were buying rolls by the dozen and it came out to so many dozens where it was one hundred and sixty six. It was one (laughs) sixty six. That sounds about right. <laughs> I just don't know how you two found each other as children. That's just it's just shocking. Listen, listen, the, the toilet paper. Sorry, I got I got a cold, so it's hard. But the toilet paper was just the beginning, guys. That was the entry level. What? 
Jesse, I, I would like to know something real quick. You yeah. just said 166 with a certainty because you bought them in dozens. Yeah. 166 yes. is not divisible by 12. So did you remember that two of them were bad or something? Or did it, you... It, it, we've, we've probably lost a couple on the way. But, okay. But, okay. but, but, but right. Sean is right about something. We had okay. to use... You know, someone wasn't feeling well. We had to use the two rolls. On the <laughs> okay. Today. All right. That's right. Yeah. Right. So, Sh- Sean, you're right. It, uh, toilet paper is just beginning. Tell me what was what was one of your favorite uh, gags that we pulled off uh, during those days? Well, <laughs> the, maybe the one that I actually had to go to, like, that I got busted for by the police. So that was pretty good. We um, went yeah. to a construction site. And by the way, I don't condone this. Okay? Of course not. But we went to a construction site and took numerous construction signs you know the huge ones that are like like six feet tall and like um rectangle and triangles and all different shapes and varieties and we stuck them in the yard of the said person and um we had i think we brought a truck or maybe my minivan i don't remember it was was your mom's van it was your mom's van it's the same person that you toilet papered no, no, this was a different person, but okay, yeah, a new minivan, victim, sure, sure. I believe it was, yeah, I believe it was my mom's minivan we had to use, and uh, we, we, you know, which is convenient because it has the sliding door, you know, and the sliding door opens up, oh, and you sure. just like chuck all the signs in, and um, we did a lot of signs, a lot of times, <laughs> and you got busted. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you, the police guy, is that the time the van broke down and a police came to help and he saw the, the signs in the back of the van? Oh, man. Talk about a worst case, in, like a nightmare scenario. Do you remember, do you remember that? Do you remember that, Charlie? Right. Well, I think he came to like see what he was kind of like patrolling the neighborhood or whatever. And he came to see what was going on. And we, I tried to convince him that we were just relocating the construction yeah. signs. Right. Yeah. You guys um, are just like contract workers. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. And, bunch of high schoolers. And, uh, he, did, he just didn't buy it. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What kind of trouble did you get? Because I had some friends who stole construction signs when I was in high school, and they went to jail. Oh did man! They? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're still in jail or anything. Sean, but. I told that I told them too that my get our get out of jail free charm was just our God given charm that was able to talk our way out of this. <laughs> what I remind me again what happened that night when the police got involved. Okay, so when the police got involved, we did the toilet paper, we did the uh, we did the signs. And, uh, the, well, the first thing that he did was he called my parents and then he brought me, somebody else had to take the van and he brought me to my house. And then I think I had to go to court and it was like community service oh, or something, which I, go to court. They, I, the judge, the judge said that I could serve at youth group. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Quote unquote, serve at youth group. Yeah. Well, we gotcha. <laughs> Thankfully you were the worship leader there. So that was, you know, pretty, pretty easy to do. Yeah, so I pretty much just uh, led worship to work off my community. <laughs> Wait a minute, you used <laughs> you know leading worship to work off community. Like, did you, was that an hour per? Cert? Like, oh, I had to put this. Like, I, you know, I'll the songs say this. There's a, reason, Tyler, there's a reason he's still leading worship. Yeah, I'll say what he's not saying. <laughs> what he's not saying is he's still doing that, that today. Service. Yeah, the the judge transferred his sentence to Bethel, and now he's still doing it today. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's true. It was my the confirmation of my uh, destiny. Sean, Sean, I got one. Okay, one more. I, I remember the ducks. I remember taking the ducks. What was your favorite dorm prank? What was your favorite dorm oh, prank? Oh, dude. Okay. Are we talking about college now? Yeah, yeah. college. 
Okay. So the ducks was amazing. Did you tell them that story, Jesse? Yeah. I, 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 also that you lead with the duck story and Sean isn't sure if you're talking about college or not. Tells me everything. <laughs> which, which it wasn't Sean's first rodeo. Okay. I gave my, I want to hear your version of it because I, you know, uh, I feel like you were the one actually that, that you and like Tim Torres were the ones that actually were able to capture. Remind me again of what transpired that evening. Okay. Well, there's one more, there's one more that comes to my mind besides the ducks, but let's go to the ducks. So we, <laughs> we have this idea that we were going to, take these ducks, which are massive. I think they're actually more like geese. Yeah. Let's just call them geese. They they're are bigger. geese. I think they are. The Lake Evelyn geese. They yeah. are geese. They're, they're like a half yeah. breed. They're, they're but that unholy. That does make me picture a different thing. If you're telling me a duck story versus a goose story, that's two different stories. I'm telling you, these are not it, ducks. It was a, it they was are a large full... non-aerial bird. We'll say that. <laughs> they're aerial. Yeah. They're, yeah, we can call them large non-aerial birds. But we also want to make sure that the listener understands that these these uh, um, geese perpetually crap every five seconds. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> so, I mean, and they just destroyed, like, in college, they destroyed, destroyed our sidewalks. And, I mean, every morning you have to look at where you're walking. So we just thought it'd be fun to capture a few of these birds <laughs> and, and to put them on the, <laughs> put them on the elevator and oh, yeah. release oh, yeah. them and push random floors on the elevator and see where they would get out. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Forgot. So, but the problem was, is that although they may look very, um, you know, large and, and, and kind of, you know, look like they, they would be easy to catch. They're actually not. Yeah. And so we had, to, we had to have like kind of a game plan because they kept eluding us and we'd have to like, get a group of guys and kind of start in a big circle and then move towards each other. And then Tim, Tim, I, I believe it was Tim took one for the team because he jumped like halfway into the pond and grabbed a leg of this, of this goose that we had to oh, grab the leg. Gosh. It was flapping around on the ground and it allowed us to then go and apprehend this bird. And so I believe we had, Two, I think we came away with two geese from that trip that we brought into the elevators. <laughs> Sean, okay, you oh had another one that came to how mind from it, the dorms. Hold on, and this hold, on, is, hold on, I know, okay, ORU's dorms, you're talking towers now, I assume, or UEMR? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Okay, so towers, you have to walk by the, the, the check desk at the lobby. How did you that, walk by the authorities? That brings, up, that brings up a very good point, in which part I've forgotten the story. <laughs> we... We stuffed, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> animal rights people are not going to like this. We stuffed the geese into our backpack. No! <gasps> you guys, you put geese in your backpack. It was a long time ago. The statute of limitations is, a, we're exhausted. Never, so and you put a goose this, in your backpack. I will never listen to Bethel illegal. the same again. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> that, is, that is animal smuggling. What is the other story that came to your mind? I'm interested to hear. Wait, hold on. We aren't done with the goose okay. and the yeah. backpack story. But, but hey, hey, I want to let you guys know the ducks survived. None of them were injured. They're incredibly pliable animals and everything was <laughs> Oh, good. gosh. <laughs> Andy, they flew from Canada. They can handle a trip in a backpack. I got you. What happened when you put them in the elevator? <laughs> Like, did they, what okay. happened to him? <laughs> did you just set your book back down and unzip it and get out? Well, we had to get past the, you know, where the R- RAs or whoever they are, are waiting in the lobby. 
and we didn't want to cause suspicion. So the backpack was, we thought it'd work, you know? Yeah. And, and your backpack wasn't moving or flapping or anything. Cause that feels like that would be a <laughs> oh, risk. Oh, they were totally moving. They were squirming like crazy in the backpack. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> See, this wasn't exactly like a. This wasn't an Ocean's Eleven level. No, this is just just like all right. Forget it. Let's just run with it. Sean, Sean, what is, I'm curious. What is the other story that immediately came to your mind from from the college okay. years? So the other story that came to my mind was when we ran, and this is a really good one, guys. This one is like <laughs> genius. We ran fishing line uh-huh. from the top of towers the very top which i think was nine stories up and we ran fishing line all the way across that massive parking lot in the bottom all the way to the other end of the dorm which was emr which was i think four or five stories so we connected fishing line from eight i think it used like a whole roll of fishing line from eight or nine floors up all the way across suspended in the air to four to, to four to five stories up in EMR. And we, once we oh made that fishing line that you obviously could not see, um, we then got an, a couple air horns <laughs> and we put a, uh, we put like a bracket on the air horns that would connect from the air horn to the fishing line. So we could fling it all the way down the fishing line. Jesse, do you remember this? Yeah, we so we put so the idea we use like carabiners and we top them to yeah. all these air horns. You know, you guys know air horns yeah. super yeah. loud. And then yeah. before we deployed them, we put rubber bands around them so that they perpetually go off until all the air in the oh air horn is gosh. gone. And we waited to what probably four in the morning, Sean, before we deployed them yeah, across three, the campus. Three or four in the morning before we let those puppies fly. <laughs> Deployed is way too respectable of a word to use here, so, Jesse. So it was like four in the morning and all of a sudden this barrage of air horns goes sliding across campus. And, like and this is in Tulsa, up. Tulsa, Oklahoma, which has tornado sirens. And like, hor- if sure. you hear a horrible, loud horn, it's like, get in the cellar now. Auntie M. Yeah, you know, that's, cool. that's we, a- we weren't thinking about that at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so it but, went off without a hitch i mean you guys awoke the entire campus what oh yeah i mean you you just see it was great seeing the lights like just pop on and because we were at we were from a very oh high perspective on top of the dorms and you could see lights coming on off campus and just this stream of air horns just shooting down a fishing line did you get caught we no caught. i don't i don't believe we ever got caught the, the thing was is when people came outside like they weren't able to see the fishing line you know, that was suspended. So it was just you know, floating air horns. So now they think campus is haunted too. <laughs> They're probably not wrong there. I just feel, I've heard yeah. enough with the you. I feel like there's got to be some ghost presence there. Independent hey, of hey, the air hey, horn situation. Yeah. Tyler, the Holy Ghost. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Oh. I mean, who's everywhere, but especially at ORU. Crowder <laughs> knows a ghost. <laughs> ghost presence, yeah. <laughs> I told you he's a mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Sean, thanks for coming on and uh, uh, telling us the stories. You did confirm that Jesse was not exaggerating last week when he was telling us high school <laughs> and college shenanigans that you guys got into. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. We've had, we've had some good history. There's always, there's always more too. So thanks for having me on. Oh man. All right. Thanks for joining us, Sean. All right, buddy. All right. Well, you guys also answered uh, the feedback question, which again was, uh, what kind of shenanigans did you get into when you were younger? Here's a few of our favorites. 
Okay, this was my favorite from Cody Jensen. His house, there was two ways to get to the stairs. Like if you turn left, you went through the living room and to the right, you went through the dining room to the back of the stairs. And one time he was sneaking one of his buddies in. So they walk in the door together. Cody curves left and goes and talks to his parents. His buddy curves right and they take the exact same steps so that the parents don't hear it. They go upstairs, they hang out, he turns on music so they can't hear him talking. And then when he leaves, they go back down the stairs, repeat the exact same motion, doing the exact same footsteps out the door and just says to his parents, he left his book bag in his car. So he opens the door and walks out and his buddy leaves and his parents never know. Synchronizing the footsteps is, is, is that, that, that is Catherine Zeta Jones dancing through the laser field level. <laughs> yeah. of That's goose in your backpack level kind of pranks yeah. when you synchronize your footprints. Yeah. Jesse's pranks were more brute force and dumb ideas. This is a highly meticulous, yeah, calculated yeah. plan. Is, I, like, I like the elegance of it. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, good. yeah. yeah the elegance. Nice. That's a good word. Ours is like <laughs> there's there's a guy there's one. a guy carefully picking the lock to the front door. Me and yeah. my friend just go and bust it down with our shoulders. <laughs> that's right. You know? That's right. <laughs> I I would love to hear more about what happened here with uh, Garrett Pierce. He says he only snuck out of his parents' house one time. Uh, who was going to go meet his best friend who lived in the same neighborhood. Uh, but he says, when I made it to where we were meeting, a person in an old gas mask began running at me in silence, which is more terrifying than if they'd been screaming. The Whoa. person knocked me over. Pause right there. Where are you? Where's you guys' heads at if you're Garrett in this story? Yeah. That's- oh, I've passed out because I'm so scared. Oh, That's who where I awful. am in this story. <laughs> Yeah, no, what what has happened at this point is the rapture just happened and people are going crazy. Yeah, yeah this is like the right. purge, like yeah. like one man is out there knocking people over with the gas mask on. As you might expect, it was actually his friend who was just trying to spook him out or so he'd taken a gas mask from his grandpa's house, which he'd been cleaning out. Um, that's not something that a friend would do to that that's that's like scarring. No wonder he's still mm. processing it. Yeah, right? I, well, you know what that was. <laughs> that was that was, you know, a sign. He shouldn't be doing this. You know, yeah, lesson learned. Never do it. Uh, Christian Lee Williams. Talk about talk about uh, something that's like, uh, yeah, it reveals another darker fact. Uh, she only stuck out of time one time in high school and they did absolutely nothing. She's met up with a friend, walked around the neighborhood, you know, kind of for the thrill of sneaking out. Only gone for about a half hour. She decided it was boring and ended up going home. Successful outing, successful sneaking out, sneaking back in. Months later, she got in trouble uh, and she couldn't fa- figure out how her mom found out about it. Uh, she she thought, okay, one of my sisters must have rat her out that I snuck out the other night. Turns out her mom had been reading her diary. <gasps> no. That is, mom, that, that's a secret no. Chris Inley is now 41 years old and still is extremely bitter about this. As you sacred should be. Sacred breach is right. That, that is. You don't do that. Yeah, you don't do that. that. You can read your kids' text messages. You can look through their phone. You don't touch a diary in a journal. No, 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 no. I kept I kept a false flag diary. I kept a fake journal with benign things in it, just in case. Like I put that in kind of the obvious. Your real one was written in code. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really sweet. I I tried to plan. I don't think it actually worked. I don't think my parents were snooping around. But you know, you can't be too careful. I had my I had one with a lock on it from the Hello Kitty store. So that I knew, I knew, like I knew when I went to school that that thing was not getting cracked open because the key was in the front pocket of my backpack. So we were good to go. But if your mom really cared, that she could have she could have busted right there. I mean, I don't think the folks at Hello Kitty. This isn't exactly. We're not cracking a safe here. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, our old go to when we were just looking for kicks was. And this is really gross thinking back. Um, Cameron, you remember oh, those boy. alligator claws that they sell? You know, those oh, yeah. alligator claws they sell in the in like gas stations down there. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, any any truck stop or gas station between Orlando and Atlanta is going to have a wide selection of alligator claws for sale on the shelf. Yeah. So some at some point we and they're they're very like lifelike. You know, I mean, it's got gross fingernails. They're real and, alligator know, so, claws. Yeah, of course they're lifelike, but they're dead. Yeah, they're dead. Uh, like we used to just for the fun of it, like put a little dollar bill in between two of the alligator claws that are like locked in this horrific position. And we bought we got like a really big one and we would like go to the grocery store and put like gum <laughs> on the cash register. And then with a long sleeve shirt, like hold our hand out like it's this weird alligator claw. Ninety percent of the time they were so weirded out thinking like, could this person just have an insane condition that turned their hair hand into that? And they would just take it. The other one. No. This is gross. They sell pig's feet at the grocery store. Yeah. And they're like super fleshy. And I remember like jamming (laughs) coins in between like the toe of the hose. No, no, no. And it looks like the skin color is very human. You know? And you you give that in like a sweatshirt. Like, oh, hold on. I think I have some change in my pocket. Here you go. And you hold it right up to them. And you just watch as their expression tries not to change. Thinking this person could have a weird deformity where it turned their hand into a pickle. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, you told the alligator claw one before, and every time I see one, I think of you putting that in your sweatshirt and walking around like you have a real alligator <laughs> hand and and paying people with it, you know. But but I haven't heard the pig's foot one, and that is the way one's even weirder. Fleshy. It's like very fleshy and very human like. Yeah, you know? oh, that's nasty. Oh man. All right. Well, there's a lot more feedback where that uh, came from. Go check it out. Do yourself a favor. Uh, you can follow us on, uh, or you can see it on. Twitter at Relevant Podcast or check out the podcast episode page. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier in the show, uh, we got talking about the the Pete Davidson (laughs) segment on SNL and him having to come back around and, you know, apologize for uh, some of the things he said. Um, Got us thinking, what are some things you've done or said that you had to come around and apologize for? Now, what we're looking for here is like an awkward toast at a wedding situation, yeah. not you hurt somebody or something like that. <laughs> so, and then like maybe an embarrassing moment or something that you thought would go one way and it went, and it went south, south. Yeah. and you had to come back and apologize <laughs> for it. That's what we, those are the stories we want. Um, hit us up on, on Twitter at relevant podcast, or you can post your replies on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Well, many thanks to David Crowder for joining us. Go check out his new album, I Know a Ghost. It's out today. You can also follow him on Twitter at Crowder Music. Thanks also to our sponsors for making this episode possible. Remember, with Samaritan Ministries, uh, if you'd like to learn more about how you can be a part of this ministry, helping each other with health care, visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant. And also thanks to Away Travel. To get $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash relevant and use promo code relevant during checkout. Hey, uh, we mentioned it last week, but the new relevant store is up now and there is a full podcast section. Uh, We will be continuing to add new products, not only to the podcast fan uh, section, but also the relevant merch section and other parts of the store every week. So if you've been, um, go check it out again. Uh, Keep checking it out. There's always new merch coming. It's a lot of fun. I'm watching all the orders come in and 
It's fun seeing what people are connecting with. Uh, go check it out. It's at store.relevantmagazine.com. You can click on the nav right there at relevantmagazine.com as well. While you're online, head over to iTunes. And if you like the show, rate it and leave a review. If you don't like it, keep it to yourself. But we like the five-star <laughs> reviews and the positive feedback. It helps us feel good about things and kind of balances out the Dinesh D'Souza junk. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Jesse, I know you keep your eye on uh, the old iTunes feed there. What, what, what are some, what's the latest buzz? What's the scuttlebutt? What are people saying about the show? So glad you asked. This one is from Funky Fresh. And you can tell they're really listening to the show because they pulled out one little nuanced thing. They said, as a life Lifelong fan of Boston Market. I find. <laughs> <laughs> as me, our, as our reviews. Would, sorry, would, I'm sorry. Uh, that you know, was a very actually, serious this is, this is from This is from out. the Boston Market app. I'm sorry. This also got It's from Mr. John Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a lifelong fan of Boston Market, it warmed my heart hearing Jesse profess his unrequited love for sneaking their food into movie theaters. Five stars. That's the kind of stuff. <laughs> find the details. Post. Here's another one. Speaking of the store. Speaking of the store, Cameron, yeah, uh, this is a five star that says everything about this podcast. She says it's just a little bit secular, and that's why I love it. I don't know more of an informative, hilarious, thought provoking podcast out there. You can get that on a t shirt, ladies and gentlemen. It's just a little bit secular at Relum Store uh, right now. There you go. Wow. Five stars. stars. Hey, and uh, as we told you on the last show, the new uh, issue of Relevant is out now. Features Lauren Daigle on the cover. You don't want to miss it. Uh, You can get it at newsstands nationwide, like Barnes & Noble's. If your local newsstand doesn't have it, ask for it, and they'll uh, they'll get it for you. Um, Also, if you want to see the digital edition, you can view it at relevantmagazine.com. And if you like what you see, maybe subscribe and get it sent to you every issue. I think you'll like it. And there's a good deal going on right now. Relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. Okay, on that note, we will wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We will see you all on Tuesday. Have a good weekend, everyone. You swam across the devil's pond. Left the comfort of your family. To live out all your fantasy. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from the Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. Relevant Podcast Network.